Our first lesson is from Romans 15, verses 7 to 13. Welcome one another, therefore, just as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. For I tell you that Christ has become a servant of the circumcised on behalf of the truth of God in order that he might confirm the promises given to the patriarchs and in order that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. As it is written, therefore I will confess you among the Gentiles and sing praises to your name. And again he says, rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people, and again, Praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and let all the peoples praise him. And again, Isaiah says, The root of Jesse shall come, the one who rises to rule the Gentiles, and in him the Gentiles shall hope. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Please rise for the reading of the Gospel, which comes from the book of Luke, chapter 15, verses 1 to 10. Now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to him, and the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling and saying, this fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. Which of you, having a hundred sheep and losing one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? When he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders and rejoices. And when he comes home... He calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous persons who need no repentance. Or what woman, having ten silver coins, if she loses one of them, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? When she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I had lost. Just so, I tell you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. The word of God for the people of God. You may be seated. As we come to a time for our children gathered here and those worshiping, with us online. I have a book that I particularly enjoy that I want to share a little bit 
with you about. It's called Who Counts? And it's a bit of a double entendre, if you will, both who is counting as far as one, two, and three, and who's important, who counts. So one of the stories in there we just heard read. Pastor Margie just read for us. And it's about the woman who was counting her coins. Now, in my story, she has a sheepy bank. Does anybody have a bank at home? Do you, you guys have some banks, right? No, you don't have any banks? They're all packed up right now. <laughs> what kind of banks do you guys have? What kind? A box? Okay. I was thinking you had a soccer ball bank. Also true. Okay. She has a sheep bank, which kind of reminds us about the earlier part of this parable. So she's counting her coins. And every day she counted them. That's something to do. You could do that every day. And you could count your coins every single day. And one day when she was counting, one of them was missing. Now, I know my kids, maybe some other kids, when you're counting your money, it can be kind of exciting because you're waiting for something. You're saving up for something. So you want to make sure that all of your coins are there. And she only counted nine coins. So, modern retelling here, she took out the flashlight. And she started looking around for where that coin could be. And then she had to start using the dustpan because you never know where things could go. You all have lost things. Those coins could roll just about anywhere. There were crumbs and there was dust. That happens too. But there was no coins. I'll give you a hint. If you look really closely, you'll see it before she does. I'll let you look afterwards. You'll see it before she does. She lost the coin. She's everywhere, even with the broom, until ping. That's a good sound if you're looking for a coin. When she finally found the myth, she held it in her hands for... Just a moment. I found the thing I was looking for. And she was so happy to have all the coins that she invited all the women in the town. Come on over. I'm so excited to find it. I've been saving up. I have all my coins now. My collection is complete. That is exactly how God is like. God looks around and counts and says, Do I have all my people? Are all of my people here? One's missing? My collection isn't complete yet? i got to go out and look for one of my people. Did you know that? We're going to pray and ask God to help us as we help God look for God's people. Would you pray with me? Dear God, 
You'll pray after me because we're going to learn Echo. Dear God, we thank you that you seek us. Help us to look for others to be a part of your family. Amen. Thanks for helping me. I wonder if you have ever been responsible for overseeing elementary school children on a field trip. If you have, you know something about counting. Because if you've ever been responsible for elementary school children on a field trip, you count a lot. If you're given five children to have charge of at the science museum, you count to five regularly. When they're inspecting the dinosaur bones, you make sure there are one, two, three, four, five children in your sight. And when they are going to bathrooms, you make sure that there are one, two, three, four, five children around the bathrooms, girls and boys in the area. When you sit down to lunch, you want to make sure that one didn't run off and exchange their apple for some Cheetos. There are five children. You probably counted a second time if you're anything like me. Just to be sure. And when you go home and you're finally relieved of your duties, you probably still are counting to make sure you had one, two, three, four, five children. So I think I understand the parable of the lost sheep. Or some Bibles call it the shepherd who lost one sheep. Imagine if it was on the field trip where they lost one student. That would make the evening news if it was that. A hundred sheep is a lot of sheep. So the owner of said sheep is said to be likely fairly wealthy. Caring for that volume of sheep says something about him. Wealth and station of life. And so Jesus tells this story about the man carefully counting each and every one and then discovering one to be missing. Searching for it until it's found. And we have the image of the shepherd carrying it on his shoulders until they're all together. Amy Jill Levine, the biblical scholar from Vanderbilt University and author of a whole bunch of books, including short stories by Jesus, says the only way that the sheep owner comes to know that this is actually a missing sheep has to be by counting them. 
He doesn't ask them to stand in groups of ten to make it easier, and they don't have different sweatshirts on with numbers, so he can just glance and tell that there's a sheep missing. He has to count them, like on the field trip, all the time, and realize at some point that his flock is incomplete, and then go out and find the lost one. We hear that he celebrates. First, kind of celebrates by himself, and then even that's not enough. Just saying, you know, I did a good job, I did the right thing, I'm excited. He brings others into the celebration. And friends, the parable is often presented as an allegory of God's forgiveness. When you and I have sinned, we do a whole bunch of that, maybe just me, but probably most of us. But the sheep didn't sin to my I don't know an awful lot about sheep, but I don't think they can do a lot of repentance. The sheep owner realized the sheep would and left the others in order to find him. And finding him was worth all of that celebration. Then we get this woman, this woman with these ten coins, who also has some resources. One drachma is worth about one day's wages. So if it was today, quantum leap to die. Let's say current minimum wage is seven twenty-five, and let's say we worked an eight-hour day, you and me, at minimum wage. Let's say we took home fifty dollars. We'll round off for taxes. We'll make it easy on our math. Let's say she has ten fifty-dollar bills sitting around, and she lost one of her fifty-dollar bills just sitting on the table, you'd probably go looking for a $50 bill sitting on the table. I think I would. She rejoices first by herself after she swept found that it was tucked in the couch cushions or wherever it was hiding. But then it wasn't enough. She had to call her friends. She had to tell other people, I found it. Can't you just hear her? You'll never believe what happened. You'll never believe where I found it. I can't believe I lost it in the first place. But guess where I found it? And her friend, the whole story of sweeping the house and where it ended up being when she found it. Now, when she searches for the coin, the coin certainly can't repent. They're not able to. And the coin can't seek the forgiveness of the woman. If we were completing the trifecta today, we would read the story that's sometimes called the father's two sons or the parable of the absent mother you might know it best this way. 
the parable of the prodigal son. But we're remaining focused on these coins and the sheep. Jesus often told stories in threes. He's asking a question today, though. What do you do when you discover something is lost or someone is lost? In this long season that you have been in, when we've been quarantined and sheltered at home and all kinds of different, it could be described as being a little bit lost. There's no shortage of lists of what feels lost. Commentators and ordinary folks alone have counted one, two, three, four, five, all the things we previously took for granted that no longer are things that we do in the same way. There isn't a lot of handshaking going on, not Broadway shows or baseball games or buffets. There's probably other things you'd add to the list as well. Likely many of you could probably think of folks right now that you probably haven't seen either as much or even at all. They'd probably go on the people you're counting like the 99 sheep. You'd probably go out and go looking for them if you could. In this season, but I've found myself connecting with people in different kinds of ways. Early in this season, we started using Zoom. Maybe you've used some of these mediums as well. They can be video or audio or go to meeting or FaceTime or whatever your medium of choice might be, where you can see people and hear them at the same time. I actually used some of these mediums for a number of years prior in my work on the District Committee on Ministry, where we were able to see candidates who were away at school, even though we were located here in Pennsylvania. But nothing could prepare for the feeling of counting when I started using these mediums during this time of pandemic with trustees or family members or just a couple of weeks ago with M&A as we gathered or when graduations did it. You want to make sure you're not missing anyone. So you start looking at all the squares on the screen and you say, is everybody I want to still on the screen? I don't want to lose any of my people. During this time, we vote on business matters and laugh about children's antics, there's always some of that, and pray about the future. I have a feeling you know about this. You've probably learned something new in the last six months that you've not done before. People have met 
over these kind of mediums to celebrate life events in order to see grandchildren crawl or remain connected to friends, do things you've not done before, graduations and birthdays, anniversaries and memorial services, just to stay connected. So I found myself thinking the kingdom of God is like a Zoom host, the person who starts it out, who invited ten friends to catch up and who has to persist that all ten people can stay on through all the technology challenges and leaves the other nine just to make sure the one who's having Wi-Fi problems and doesn't know where the microphone is and isn't sure how to do it can still be present. you got to figure it out. As the Zoom invitation goes wider, you start to celebrate. I want to tell you how good it was to see my mom, you say when I haven't been able to see her in a good long while. You know, you and I, we've learned in the last five months that God can be in places we've not expected before. The gathered body of Christ calling across a phone call or in YouTube for worship. We share prayers and worship enjoy fellowship with a depth that we might not have anticipated before. We say, surely God has been in this place. Jesus paints us a picture with these parables that God goes to incredible lengths to find us. Not always waiting for us to first take the step, but rather scoop us up into God's arm and loves us into being, counting each and every one and seeking the lost. You and I, then, we celebrate God's goodness and seek to embody back to others who God is. So we might find ourselves counting, you and I, like the woman who lost coin and the sheep owner who lost the sheep so that we can care well for God's people. Every time someone is found, we're called to celebrate, whether it's on Zoom or whether it's in person. We are called to throw an extravagant party, whatever that means. The woman with the found coin utilizes a percentage of what she has to throw that party. We tell the story of how we overcame. If we're willing to share the excitement of good places we know to eat, we ought to be willing to share the excitement of what God is doing in our lives. I was lost, and now I'm found. I was blind, and now I see. God has never, my friends, overlooked you because you, in God's eyes, count. You matter 
God found you and redeemed you. God searches and God always finds. This, my friends, is the gospel. It's the good news of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God. Amen.